0: We welcome all of you that have joined us tonight and are going to join us in just a moment as we pull on up line. And uh, those of you that get the podcast, we thank you for participating with us, praying for us. Thank all of you all that are out there in uh, video land or podcast land that prayed for me. Uh, the Lord's certainly been good to me. So a couple of things we're going to try to get a little bit better at communicating with uh if you're if you're not on the newsletter list, you can be. You just need to give Brenda your mailing address. Uh, we uh, this one's just a few days later than normal because of I was on vacation for three weeks. So uh, the also uh, if you uh, haven't ever filled out a visitors card or an information card, we'd like for you to do that because we got a lot of stuff going on and it's going to just get more and more as we continue to grow and with the ministry of Vasily and all the mission work we do around the world. Uh, Just a lot of things to keep everybody informed with and get to know you and uh, get more and more people involved. So got a lot of stuff going on with the Satellite Church uh, and and certainly with this church, what's going on here as well. So uh, we're going to go to Hosea tonight. If we get through tonight, then we'll start the book of Revelation next Wednesday. If we... If we don't get through tonight, we'll start the book of Revelation the following Wednesday. So, you know, uh, there's so much good stuff in here. It's hard to just run through the Bible, right? We want to try to dissect it as we go. So let's pray and invite God's presence into our our meeting tonight and see what He has to say. And hopefully we'll be more like Jesus when we leave here. Amen. That's really the goal, right? We, we, I love to learn, but just getting a bunch of head knowledge and not doing anything with it ain't worth a nickel. So, uh, we don't want to be like Eli. He got so big and round that he fell off his uh, seat and broke his neck. Because he had just sat there and soaked it all up and let his sons do whatever they wanted to do. And didn't reprimand them and rebuke them. And so, that's a, that's a picture to all of us, you know. Just sitting around God's house, just getting spiritually fat. And not really doing anything with it. I'm starting to preach before I even get done praying, right? So, (laughs) let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time we have together. We thank you for your mercy and grace. We thank you, certainly I know, I'm renewed to that firsthand, Lord. We thank you for your word. And you've magnified, in Psalm 138, you said you magnified your word above your name. And we know how important your name is. There's no other name whereby men might be saved. But you said the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Spirit, and the Word. And Jesus is the Word. He's the Word made flesh. And we embrace you, Lord. And there's, we live in a culture, and sometimes it's even inside the church, people who say they embrace Jesus but they don't believe all the Bible. You can't do that because they're one and the same. You are the Word, Jesus. And we magnify you. You're the way, the truth, and the life. You are the Word. And We just praise you for all you do. May we be more like you when we leave here today after having spent time in your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said? So let's pick up in Hosea chapter 12, verse 9. That's where we left off. And uh, let's look and see what God has for us. Now, there's going to be some subtle things now that you're going to see in these uh, verses in chapter 12, the rest of 12 and 13 for sure, and 14. Uh, But remember, this book has set us up to go into the book of Revelation as soon as we're finished with this. Uh, This is a snapshot of how God did with Israel, but it's also what's going on in our world today. What God, I believe, is doing with America. Uh, And if you are inclined to look out there for hope, you're messing up. Right here's where the hope's at. In Christ, in the Holy Spirit, and in God's Word. In Him we live and move and have our being. There is no hope out there. If you put your hope in money or politics, all that stuff's going nuts, right? And it gets worse. We keep thinking it's going to get better, and it just keeps getting worse. So we weren't supposed to put our hope in anything like that to start with. Look at verse 9. He says in chapter 12, But I am the Lord your God, ever since the land of Egypt. And he's reminding them. He brought them out of Egypt. Now they're going back into bondage because of their sin. Uh, and he says, I will again make you dwell in tents as in the days of the appointed feast. In other words, God's going to bring some hard times on them. They're lean times where they're going to be struggling to get by and, and because of their sin. So he brought them out of Egypt delivered Now what's that saying to us in verse 9? This is what God's saying to you. He's saying, I am the Lord God ever since I brought you out of your sin. Now, the problem with the modern church is that we're a lot like Israel. We're thankful God brought us out of our sin or out of Egypt like He did them. Egypt represents being in bondage or being in sin. And so we're thankful that God did that. But then we get out here and start getting casual on God, right? And we just don't put our, our hands to the plow and keep plow in the field. And so what happens is we start looking to things in the world. We start trusting things in the world. And our hope is so disappointing to us because of that. When we look for maybe a man or a system or a situation, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible's very clear about the world's systems collapsing. And we're seeing the beginnings of that already. And and that's uh, when God allows the systems of the world to falter, that's His gift to us. You know why? Because some folks are so focused on getting help from all the wrong places, they won't look anywhere else until those things are gone. That's our human nature a lot of times. You and I know that the only place for us to trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are some people that trust in political parties. Just look how nuts they are on TV in the last day or two. That They they put their trust in that. That's not what we put our trust in. Some trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. And so God has put us in a peculiar situation because we trust in that which we don't see, right? When Moses come out of Egypt and he was dealing with Pharaoh and Pharaoh were after them, and God gives us a lot of detail about Moses' life, right? Then he goes over into Hebrews and he brings him up again because he was such a fantastic follower of God. But the Bible says the reason he was able to endure, it doesn't say because he had a lot of money in his bank account. It doesn't say because he had a big farm and could grow all of his food. The Bible says the reason he was able to endure all the things that were in front of him, they tried to kill him, they hunted him down, they chased all the children of Israel. He was in all kinds of situations where God always was delivering him. But the Bible says he was able to endure or make it because he could see that which was invisible. Now see, that, that is an oxymoron to us. What do you mean, preacher, seeing that which is invisible? That's what I'm talking about, this right here. I put my confidence and trust in this. I've not got a newsletter from Jesus Christ that tells me that he's coming back on a certain day. But he did tell me in this book that cannot lie that he is coming back for us. See, I'm I'm walking with the one that I can't see with my natural eye, but I see evidence of him all around me. And nobody's been reminded of that more clearly than I have in the last four weeks. The way the Holy Spirit has went before me. So I am moving through this life, not trusting in man or his systems, but I'm trusting in the one that I don't see with my natural eye. I'm doing what Moses did. Trusting in that one who is invisible. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to the invisible one. Who are you looking to? The one that's invisible. But his work and his handiwork is all around us. Can you say Amen. So we're the same spot as God's people. He brought you and I out of sin. He brought us out of bondage. He's our God. Now notice what goes on here. He said, I'll again make you dwell in tents as in the days of appointed feast." So you're going to have them lean times because you will not honor me. You will not do what I've asked you to do. I have also spoken by the prophets and have multiplied visions. I have given symbols through the witness of the prophets. Though Gilead has idols, surely they are vanity. They can't understand it. Now, when you go to the book of Isaiah, he challenges Israel. He says, hey, you guys go out and cut down a tree. You make an idol out of that tree. And then you take what's left of that tree and burn it in the fire. And, and Isaiah's saying, somebody needs to think that through. Right? Because the same substance that you made this false god out of You have power to burn it and destroy it. That's not a God at all if you've got power to destroy it. And he said, what really makes God upset is because we come into that situation with this idol and to say, thank you for feeding us. Thank you for taking... And there are countless people around this globe that do that with false gods, idols. And that is offensive to God. I said, how would you like to be God? And create everything and get credit for nothing. Amen. Yep. That's where we're at in this world. God made everything, including you and I. The Bible says every good and perfect gift that, uh, that we have comes from the Father. So every, everything that we see has been created by God, but He don't get credit for anything. They give the monkeys credit. They give the amoebas credit. They give men credit. They give Mother Nature, who don't even exist. Where'd she come from? Off that butter commercial from the 70s. Remember that? Remember that butter commercial from the 70s? Ain't no Mother Nature. God's in charge. He's in charge of the seas, the nature. He's in charge of everything. How would you like to be God and make everything and get credit for nothing? That's the kind of world we live in now. Now, that shouldn't be you and I, because we know who He is. He says, though Gideon's idols, it's all vanity. Though they sacrifice bulls, their altars shall be heaps in the furrows of the field. He said, I'm, they're going to be destroyed. Everything they're doing is going to be futile. Jacob fled to the country of Syria. Israel served for a spouse and for a wife and ten sheep. By the prophet of the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And the prophet he has preserved, Ephraim, provoked him to anger most bitterly. Bitterly. We can't be like the world. They're blind. We cannot They're spiritually blind. The Bible says the God of this world hath blinded them. We know who God is. How dare us not give Him praise? How dare us not give Him thanks? How dare us not honor Him with our lives and our substance? Therefore, the Lord will leave the guilt of the bloodshed upon Him and return His reproach on Him. He, He brought them out of sin. That's what's so sickening to God. He brought them out of their bondage. And when they got out of their bondage and got loose a little while, they decided to Go back to doing their own thing again. Have you seen that? Maybe you've seen that out of your own life. Well, we're living in the wrong season for that. It's time for us to make sure we're serious about our relationship with God. Verse 13, he says, Now notice what's happening here. When Ephraim spoke trembling, he exalted himself in Israel. But when he offended through Baal worship, he died. In other words... The first part of that verse, he's saying, when he was living in humility, don't ever get out there thinking you made your own way. None of us make our own way. And again, I'm the one that's got all the lessons in that in the last four weeks. But we don't make our own way. We don't have power to to create oxygen. We don't have power to do anything. Without him, we can't do nothing. Through him, we can do all things. You got where you're at because you have a God that said, come on in. He's the one that opens doors that nobody can't shut. And he's the one that shuts doors that nobody can open. So we cannot get out there thinking we've made our own way. And that's hard for us Americans because we're taught to be self-made uh, people and to, make our, and to work hard. Nothing wrong with that. But we as Christians understand that the doors that are in front of us have been put there by God. He opens up those ways. So... <laughs> Excuse me, Ephraim was there for a while, and then they, got, they went right back to their own ways. Now they sin more and more, he said, and have made for themselves molded images, idols of silver according to their skill. So now they've turned from God, and they're doing their own thing. How many people do you think in this world think money is, is their God that's going to save them? They're gonna, you need to read what happens to the people that store up money in the last days. The Bible says it gets old and cankers. What do you think happens when the Antichrist starts putting his system in place and he makes everybody go to one world currency? You know, all those people have got those jars in the backyard. They're out of luck. And then he says, Idols of silver, according to their skill, all their work of craftsmen, they say to them, let the men who sacrifice kiss the calves. In other words, they've gone full bore. They forgot, they just blew it off that God brought them out of bondage. Now they're doing their own thing. And that's how most of the world lives. But it can't be us. It can't be the people that name the name of Jesus Christ and that know how good He's been to us and what He means to us. Therefore, they shall be like the morning cloud, like the early dew that passes away, like chaff blown off from the threshing forward, and like smoke from a chimney. Now, here's what, and I, and I preached on this Sunday. If you didn't get it, you need to listen to the YouTube or watch it. You, we can get frustrated as believers looking at what we see, the wicked or the worldly people, and it seems like everything's going their way, and they don't have the same kind of trouble, level of trouble we do. But they don't have the friend that we got either. Right? Because all of us are going to have some trouble and affliction. But we got a friend that's closer than a brother, don't we? We got one that walks through the fire and the flood with us. One that's always available to us. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver him out of them all. I'd rather have Jesus. We used to sing these songs in the church. Remember that? I'd rather have Jesus than anything I know. I'd rather have Him more than silver and gold. I'd rather have Him more than an insurance policy or more than a a really good friend. I'd rather have Jesus more than anything I know. And that's where we're at. That's who we are as believers. That's how we're supposed to live. These guys have gotten turned away. They've gotten into a situation where they're doing their own thing. And he says, you're going to be like the dew. You're going to be gone in a moment, right? Going to be gone in a moment. Remember me reading from Psalm 73 on Sunday. They're gone in a moment. He said, I remember they're in. They're in slippery places. When I was growing up, the two men in county, in, in both the county I grew up in, the neighboring county, the two men that done the most damage and and I'm gonna tell you right now I'm gonna say this as publicly as I can I got no respect for anybody that won't turn a drug dealer in they're killing your kids and your grandkids I have no respect for anybody you tell me who they are I'll go turn them in I turned one in two weeks ago I'm turning every drug dealer I find out and i ain't afraid to do it because Look what's happening to our children and our grandchildren. And, and you, you can sit in a corner somewhere and say, I ain't doing that, it ain't fair. You wait. Someday it'll hit your house too. Or some part of your family. I, I'm turning everyone I can in. I'm serving notice to them right here. But these two guys who done the most damage with that kind of stuff in my life growing up, And you keep thinking, one of them was, they were both very rich. One of them hid his wealth. The other one had other businesses. They hit each other head on one night and killed each other. I tell you, when God's done, He's done. And the wicked, don't you fall into that trap like the psalmist was talking about. The wicked are not coming out on the end of this deal. You and I, the ones that put their trust in Jesus, we're the ones coming out on the end of this deal. So God is faithful. He's faithful. He don't promise us that everything's going to be easy. But He said He'd never leave us nor forsake us. He'd be with us to the end. Somebody give the Lord praise for that. Amen. (laughs) And I meant what I said. If I find out where a drug dealer's at, I'm turning him in. Hoss. That's how they say it, where I'm from. I'm turning him in, hoss. Because I've seen enough of... People crying in my office over the years. Tears bearing their own children and grandchildren. I'm sick of that stuff. And then he says, he says, he says, they're going to be like the dew, right? They're going to be gone just in a moment. Yet look at verse 4. Yet I am the Lord your God ever since the land of Egypt. So he rehearses that again. And you and you shall know that no God but me, for there is no Savior besides me. Forget all these false religions, everything. It's all a made-up thing by the devil. There's only one God. He's got only one begotten Son and the Holy Spirit. That's it. You ain't going to heaven. I ain't going to heaven unless I go through Jesus Christ. You can't go through Mohammed. You can't go through Buddha. You can't go through Confucius. You can't go through some man-made religion. The only way to get to heaven, I will make this as clear as I can, is for you to accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God and as your Lord and Savior and to believe that He died on a cross for you, for your sins, and He rose from the dead and He's in heaven right now praying for us. Can you say amen? That's the way to heaven. That's the only way to heaven. You can't get in any other way, any other way. He says, he says, I'm the Lord your God. There's no Savior besides me. I knew you in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. When they had pasture, they were filled. They were filled and their heart was exalted. Therefore, they forgot me. Listen, do not get caught up in the blessings and forget the blesser. That's when trouble sets in. You need to stay humble. I need to stay humble. We don't make our own way. We're blessed. And you can be blessed by honoring God. That's how it works. Keep honoring. You'll keep getting blessed. But don't think for a minute that you made your own way. God is the one that's on our side of the that And that's what happened to him. He said, they, they started doing good and they forgot me. He said, and remember the prophet said, now when you get over there in the promised land, don't go building all your houses and all your farms and all your stuffs and all your kingdom and forget the Lord. And that's exactly what they did. Notice what happens to people. They start having some level of success, and many of them walk out, do their own thing, forget about God. But I would to say this, reminds you from Sunday. You and I didn't bring nothing out into this world when we came, and we ain't taking nothing out when we leave. So remember that. The real prize is Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen. So he says, because they forgot me, I will be like a lion to them. And this is what I think America's teeter-tottering with right here. We're teeter-tottering with, we've walked away from God in so many ways for the last 50 to 60 years that it's mind-boggling to me some of the things that go on in this country. It's really frustrating to me some of the things that go on in this country. And when you hear somebody say that I'm going to live my truth, you need to correct them right on the spot. There ain't no separate truths. You and I don't have our own truth. There's one truth, one way, and His name's Jesus Christ. But notice the language that people are carrying now. They're saying, I'm going to live out my truth. You don't have your own truth. There's no private interpretation of the Scripture the Bible says. We have one truth. His name's Jesus and His Word. So I will be to him, which they're one and the same. He said, I'm going to be like a lion, like a leopard by the road. In other words, they're going to be in trouble. They're not going to be able to escape. I will meet them like a bear, like a bear deprived of her cubs. You know what? I that 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 come out of the Bible, but we all know that if you grew up in the mountains or around bears, you know that. I was at Sister Mary's. I had a bear encounter a couple of years ago, one a little closer than Ashley is to me. I raised my head, and there he was. I was kind of <laughs> glad he or she didn't have cubs, because that's when it's really bad. So I was over there a couple, three months ago, and they were this crew that was from the city hadn't been in the mountains and. They were caused, they say, oh, we saw some little cubs over there. We're just going to try and go over there and take pictures. And some said, you ain't going to go over there and take pictures. Because where these cubs like that, mama's there. Right? And God uses that as a reference. And here's what's sad. But you think about this. He said, I'm going to be to them like a bear uh, deprived of her cubs. Isn't it, isn't it sad that a mother bear... Values the life of her offspring more than half this state. That's sad. It is sad to me that a mother bear. We got animals that won't do the things humans are doing. But if you want to get in trouble. Go sneaking around a cub. Mama bear ain't too far away because she values her offspring. And she will die for them. She won't kill them. She'll die for him, uh, But likelihood, you and I'd be the one dying instead of her if we run across something that cause trouble. He said, I will tear open their rib cage, and there I will devour them like a lion, and the beast shall tear them. Oh, Israel, you are destroyed, but your help is from me. You keep seeing God's mercy, don't you? He keeps saying, you're going to have to be judged, but if you'll just turn. If you'll do... And if you read the book of Isaiah, you'll watch him. God says, you're going to get in trouble. But Isaiah keeps saying, but if you'll turn, you, though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. And he keeps saying that to Israel. He said, if you'll stop sinning, God will stop the judgment right now. But they would. And he, kept, he said, uh, said, and there I will devour them like lions. The beast shall tear them. Oh, Israel, you're destroyed, but your help is from me. I will be your king. God said, basically, God's just saying, look to me, come to me. That's how good God is. What if you got saved and God said, Now I need you to go back and make up for everything you did wrong. Well, you couldn't have a job or nothing. You'd spend the rest and you still couldn't get it all done. He's not that way. God is a forgiving God. Even if you're a Christian and you've let things go, God just accepts your repentance. He forgives you and says, Now start getting it right today. He don't make you go back and do all these do-overs. He's so full of love and mercy. And that's what He keeps trying to do with Israel. He says, where is any other that he may save you in all your cities? Who are you going to turn to? See, that's why that I believe we're going to start watching the systems reel and rock and we're not going to be able to put in confidence in them. That's a gift to us because God, we got so many people in this country and sometimes it's even inside the church world of people who think their confidence is in whatever and, and where are they going to trust because this system, is going, this world's going to go under. <clears throat> the Lord's going to come back for us, I understand it, and then the world's going to be plunged into that final tribulation time. But we're going to see, we're already seeing trouble. And, and that's God's gift, is to tear some things down so that we, people can say, hey, I, I shouldn't have been trusting in that. I should have been trusting in the Lord. That's my prayer, that as people get put in lean times, they'll start looking to the Lord. What did we read Sunday. David said, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seat out begging for bread. Can somebody say amen? amen? Praise the Lord. That's us. I'm not afraid of starving to death because we have promises that God has given us. He said, I will be your king. Where's any other? That he may save you in all your cities and your judges to whom you said, give me a king and princes. Now he's going back to this, Right. When, when they asked for a king, I gave you a king in my anger, the Lord said, and took him away in my wrath. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is stored up. See, if you go back before God gave them a king, they kept saying, we want to be like everybody else. Now, now be careful of that. Because that's what gets a lot of people in trouble. I want to be like the guy across the street. I want to be like that. I want to be, like... And the next thing you know, you're in a situation, right? They said, we want a king. And God said, Samuel said, God don't want you to have a king. He wants to be your your king. They said, no, we won't be like everybody else. That sounds like the flesh, don't it? I mean, that's pitiful, right? That's how the devil gets a lot of young people, right? Think about how he appeals to young people. I want to be in that crowd. I want to dress and wear that. I want to go here and do that. That's how he gets a lot of people and snares them. And so God, Samuel said... He went back and told God, said, they're not listening. <laughs> and God said, don't worry about it. said, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. Now, if you share the gospel with somebody, or the love of Christ, and they reject it, don't take it personal. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting Him. When I was early in the ministry, 30-some years ago, when I started, I'd been passing very long, and I, I, I was trying to move the... Situation forward spiritually and in, in the congregation and I had some resistance and I was driving down the road and I had an elder with me and he knew I was battling and he knew the frustration I was going through and he said, uh, he looked at me and he said, huh he said, you're taking it personal, aren't you? And, I, and of course I was young and I was like oh, I felt that man, it was like you know, the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend yeah. He shot one in me. And I, I realized, I said, he said, you can't take this stuff personal. He said, you're giving them God's word. They'll have to deal with it. Now, it's one thing if you get up and tell stories. It's another thing if you stick in God's word. God ain't obligated to back up stories, but he's always obligated himself to back up his word. Can you say amen? He said, I gave you a king, I took him away. He said, the iniquity from bound up, the sorrows of a woman in childbirth. In verse 13, shall come upon him. He is an unwise son. See what he's doing? For he should not stay long where children are born. Now, I told you last week in chapter 11 and 10, I think 11, where God is talking about raising children like us. You know how disappointing it is for, a, for a parents to raise somebody the right way and to see them go astray. And that's what God's dealing with. Same. Same situation. He's unwise son, he should not stay long, children are born. I I will ransom him. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O oh, death, I will be your plagues. O oh, grave, I will be your destruction. Pity is hidden from my... Now that's good news, right? That's the gospel right there. The grave can't hold us down, right? We've been ransomed from the grave, right? We've been bought with a price, uh, not with the blood of bulls and goats, Peter said, but with the precious blood of the Lamb of God. We've been bought out of the grave. The grave no longer has power. Paul said in Corinthians, oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where's your power? Because we've been ransomed from the grave, and we were ransomed by the very life and blood of Jesus Christ. That's our good news, amen? Amen. And I'm going to tell you, this is prophetic to us as Christians, but it was also prophetic to Israel. Because God said, He said, you're not going to stay in those graves. He said, just like that soldier that fell in Elisha's tomb, he was dead when he fell in the grave, but when he come out, he was back to life. That's you and I, right? We go into Christ, we die to ourselves, but that's when we really come to life, when we know the Spirit of God and He starts dwelling in us. That's true life, amen? What did Ezekiel say? He said, the Lord said, can these bones live? He said, thou knowest, he said, and then all of a sudden the sinews started coming back, and the muscles started coming back, and the flesh come back, and a whole army. God is saying to Israel, though I may scatter you, and that's what he said to them early on in this book, though I may scatter you, he said, I'm gonna keep the grave from holding you. I'm gonna call you out of those countries back into your homeland. I'm gonna give you Israel's land again, I'm gonna give you Jerusalem again, and I'm gonna come back and set my foot on that mountain, and it's gonna split in an earthquake, and I will be be known as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. And what has He done? See, that's why I believe, that's why this hourglass is sitting here every week, every service, because we know we're on the countdown. Jesus said in Luke 21, when He said, you, you, when you know see Jerusalem no longer controlled by the Gentiles, Amen. He said, know that this generation will not pass till everything's finished. Well, in 1967, Jerusalem left the hands of the Gentiles and went back into the hands of the Jews. I'm telling you, what Jesus said is more real now than it's ever been. He said, you're going to have trouble. He said, there's going to be trouble all around. He said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And he said, you guys need to start looking up because your redemption is drawing nigh. Hallelujah. That's where we're at we're on the verge of seeing the Lord return and I'm excited about it I want him to come on back if I knew when he's coming I'd go charge everything I could on my credit card <laughs> I'd pull in here in a Corvette and a Maserati one Sunday <laughs> what are you doing that for Well, Lord's coming November the 13th and we're getting out of here <laughs> But the Bible says we don't know the day nor hour, right? So we're not going to guess at that. But He said we'll know the season. We're in that season. Look up, church. Your redemption is drawing nigh. That is the single most thing that ought to get us looking up, is that Jer- Jerusalem went back. That's Jesus talking in Luke 21. But we should get ready because our Messiah is coming. Can you say Amen. He said, though he's fruitful among his brethren. Let me back up. He said, I'll ransom them from the power of the grave. I'll redeem. That's a twofold means, prophetic to us, also to Israel. Oh, death, I will be your plagues. Oh, great. He's, in other words, God's saying, I'm going to be a plague to death. Death can't overcome me. I'm going to put death in its place. Pity is hidden from my eyes, though he is fruitful among his brethren. And east wind shall come, the wind of the Lord shall come up from the wilderness. Then his spring shall become dry, his fountain shall be dried up. He shall ponder, plunder the treasure and, and every de- de- desirable pride. What God is saying, He keeps telling them they're going to get judged, but He also keeps giving them hope. And all that makes a difference. I'm going to tell you something. I was sharing this in Bible study this morning. Do you know how frustrated the devil has to be? When he's worked on somebody for six days, about got them where he wants them, got them beat half to death. And they walk in here on Sunday morning and they come to this altar and the Holy Spirit shows up. And they get renewed and, and they walk out different than they came in. The devil says, I got to start all over again. Got to start all over again. Because the Lord is that good isn't He? he's that faithful. He said, Samaria is held guilty, for she rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword. The infants shall be dashed in pieces, and their women shall the child be ripped open. As long as they persist to do it their way, they're going to have trouble. And that's what we need to be telling the world. As long as you keep going astray from God and doing it your way, you're going to have trouble. He said, "Oh Israel, return to the Lord. See, he keeps calling them back. Return to the Lord, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. That's what causes us trouble. I, talk, I was telling, um, I was telling uh, my, my wife today, you know, do you know there are sinners in both political parties? And we got people in those situations, both sides, that keep doing things against God and things keep going wrong. That's the problem. That, that's the problem for anybody. I don't care what side of the tracks you grew up on. I don't care what your skin color is. I don't care what political affiliation. You're. If you and I keep doing things against God, we're going to keep having trouble. That's how this thing works. But God's not being mean. That's designed to get us. It's like a stove that's, on, that's hot. It, the, you have sensitivity to that. So you touch and you pull your hand back. So your hand don't burn off or at least all the skin fall off, right? That's how this system's designed. God has set it up in such a way that it calls us home. Just ask the prodigal. He went out thinking his life was in his money and his inheritance. He thought he had the world by the tail. And then he found out the world had him by his tail. And he was stuck out there eating with the pigs. And God allowed it. Why did God allow his system to collapse Because God wanted him to turn his eyes back to the Father. See, and that's God's gift to us. God's gift to us sometimes is allowing things to collapse. So that we can turn our eyes back toward Him. And then He started home, didn't He? (coughs) Excuse me. He started home. And He got afar off and His Father saw Him coming. And his father could have sat on the, on the porch and said, You know what? He was a knucklehead. Not head. And I'm just going to wait till he gets here. He probably ain't got nothing left. And he's done all this bad stuff. That ain't what happened, was it? See, that's what he's trying to get across to Ephraim and the northern tribe here with Hosea. He's trying to get that. That's who your God is. If he sees you coming, he'll, he'll jump off the porch and run out and meet you. And that's what he did. And the son had a wonderful attitude. Now, in modern times, the son would have had, a, uh, in this kind of culture we live in, he'd have had 48 excuses. Right? Look at all these talk shows. It's my mama's fault. It's my daddy's fault. My dog bit me when I was three, and I've never been the same. Somebody put my shoes on wrong feet one day, and it messed my whole world up. <laughs> but this guy had humility, didn't he? He said, hey, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I've been a mess. He said, I'll just be a servant. But the father wasn't having any of that, was he? He said, hey, go kill the fatted calf. Go get the ring. Shoot. He said, my son was alive and dead and is alive again. And that, his love for him overcame. The Bible says grace or mercy Rejoices over sin did I tell that story Sunday about the guy that was the mayor yes. laid over his mom? Mercy, the Bible says triumphs over judgment. Did I tell that here or in the mountains? I told it in the mountains because most of them are looking at me like I'm The Bible says, mercy rejoices against. Over judgment. In other words, every one of us should have been judged, no question. We're all born into sin. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. There's none good. No, not one. We should have been. Done. The law of the ass in the Old Testament also verifies that. You're supposed to break the first one's neck when, it, when it's born. So not, we all should have been judged, but mercy triumphed, didn't it? God sent His Son so that mercy would overcome our judgment. But I, there was a mayor early on here in America when America was first getting going, and they had little townships, and they had somebody, some of you, I've told this story, it's been a while, but they had, excuse me, somebody was stealing from everybody. And so they couldn't figure out who it was, and they finally made some stocks like in the middle of town to kind of ward them off and let them know what was coming. They were going to lock them in those stocks and, and flog them. So a few days after that, they would built the stocks. Here comes somebody to the mayor's office or his quarters and said, listen, we found the thief. And they said, well, good. He said, they said, but there's a problem. I said, well, what's the problem? He said, it's your mother. His mom was stealing from everybody. I didn't know they had kleptos back then, but anyway. But sin's always been around, right? So he said, in order not to show, be... Uh, favorable, or favoritism, they lay her in the stocks. And just before the guy pulls the whip out, the whipper, her own son lays across her back, takes her stripes. Took the stripes for his mom. Mercy, tri- that's what Jesus did, didn't he? He took our stripes. He took our cross. He, took, he paid the penalty of death so you and I could go free. Then he says, "He says, I will I look what he said. He's offering them a way out. He constantly comes back to this. He said, O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you've stumbled because your neck. Take words with you and return to the Lord and say to Him, Take away all iniquity. Receive us graciously, for we will offer sacrifices of our lips. All of us need to talk to God. We need to praise Him. We need to ask for forgiveness, whatever it is. We need to uh, give, I think the, Hebrew, the book of Hebrews says that we would give Him praise, the fruit of our lips. Assyria shall not, now see what He's saying, Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses, what do we always say, right? Nor will we say, say any more to the work of our hands, you are our gods. For in you the fatherless finds mercy. Psalm 27 says, when, the fa- when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me in. Look what he says here. I love this. I will heal your backsliding. I will love them freely. For my anger has turned away from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall grow like like the lily and lengthen his roots like Lebanon. His branches shall spread. His beauty shall be like an olive tree and his fragrance like Lebanon. Those who dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall be revived like grain and grow like a vine. Their scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do anymore with idols? I have heard and observed him. I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. Now, that's the time of restoration. So God's not going to forsake them. He's going to judge them and and discipline them, but He's not going to forsake them. Who is wise? Talking to us now. Let him understand these things. Understand that this book of Hosea is basically how God's handling America, which means that's how He's handling our people, us. Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. You want to live a righteous life? Govern your life with this, Amen. So we made it. So next Wednesday we're going to start the Book of Revelation. So be praying about that. Uh, and I'm a practical teacher, so we'll break it down. Don't be afraid to come in, and we just we go verse by verse. We we chew it up, and we're going. We I learn something new every time I go through it. Plenty of salvation in there. Plenty of good news in there. Plenty of sober news as well. Hosea set us up for the book of Revelation. But we will spend some time in Daniel, Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13. We'll be going other places because you'll see the beauty of how God's tied all that together. Amen. All right. This came to me. This is funny. I'm going to leave you with this. This is my favorite joke my grandmother ever told me. She's gone on to be the Lord now, but she she died when she was 95, I think. But I was thinking about somebody stealing. So I guess I'm human. It come to my mind. Another little township story. I don't think this one's true, though. Maybe, but it, it wasn't verified as true. This guy, this woman had stole a jar of peaches out of the general store. and So they had her before the judge and the judge said, asked the store owner, said, how many peaches are in the jar? And he said, well, there's six. There was six in the jar. And he said, well, that'll be six days in jail, one day for each peach. And uh, her husband was in the courtroom. He said, I'd like to address the court if I could. He said, say on. And he said, well, I just wanted the judge to know that she stole a, a can of peas, too. He wanted to be alone for a while, didn't he? (laughs) If you brought a tither and offering, Brother Rob will be at the back. Uh, We will have Bible study tomorrow. (coughs) We're moving forward. We're getting ready to order the heat system over here and the baptistry over here and try to get all that stuff in. And so hopefully we'll get all this stuff tied up and done by... January, that's what we're shooting for. So, if you brought a tither off and drop it in on your way out, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Let's all pray together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.